have no life, but I can die. What am I? A battery. Hello? Hello? Starting? Starting? Sustainability. Sustainability. buddy. Aw, yes, that was my three-year-old. He really wants to play with my microphone all of the time, so I let him do a little recording session. I will pick up where he left off and say, welcome to episode 89. I'm your host, Kaylin Chenoweth. Yes, as always, my life is busy and crazy and hectic as usual. (laughs) Let me see where I left off last time, (laughs) because last week was also a really crazy sustainable week, and I had lots of adventures to share with you. You know what I have noticed is that my compost bucket is filling up a whole lot faster in the summer months, and I think it's because we're eating a lot more fresh produce. I shouldn't even say that. We're eating more bulky fresh produce. Like we keep getting a lot of really delicious Indiana sweet corn and when you husk all of that corn, all the husks go in there. We'll have watermelon and all of that rind is going in there and cantaloupe, same with their line. So there's just a lot more bulky food waste items that are going in there. (laughs) Which means I now have to make more trips to the compost facility, which is not close by. I was going every other Saturday and now I have to go just about every single Saturday because I'm running out of room in my compost bucket at the end of the week. But all is good. It's totally worth it. Another update on my poor loofah plants. (laughs) Of the four that I had, I was down to one and my husband did do weed whacking and he nicked it. So upon closer inspection, it's one base part that is coming out of the it's not a trunk a trunk is what's on a tree I don't know what you call like the base of a a vining plant but it's one part coming out of the ground and then it splits into two big gigantic vines and he whacked one of those vines it's dead (laughs) so now I literally have a half of a loofah plant left and yes I've been doing whatever I can to protect it (laughs) first of all I keep yelling at him and telling him to leave it alone and then he threatens well you eat whack the whole yard I said I'm literally on my hands and knees pulling all the grass and weeds around it so you don't have to weed whack nearby I don't know why you keep insisting on putting the weed whack right beside it and I have bricks stacked up all around it that he moved so he could weed whack closer to it (laughs) so All of my defenses are pointless. I need to get more creative on on my defense game. Make it like a ninja warrior obstacle course for my husband to weed whack. (laughs) Update with the peaches. I think we left off. I said I had the peaches. I got them two Sundays ago. They're ready on Wednesday to be canned, of which I work all day, every day, (laughs) Monday through Friday. So that wasn't working. I froze like a third of them and I was able to get the rest to fit inside the fridge and that slowed down the ripening process. So they did make it to Saturday. They were a little bit overripe, but that's okay in the canning world. Look at me sounding like an expert. (laughs) The only thing I've canned is barbecue sauce one time. So here I am attempting canning peaches for the first time. And they turned out really, really good. And I'm so glad that I went to my sister Michelle's house because she has a much bigger kitchen than I do. She has bigger pots and pans, a bigger stove, a bigger kitchen, a bigger sink. And I was like, oh, I'm so glad that I came here. This would have not worked in my little teeny tiny kitchen. 
humongous shout out to my sister Michelle. Thank you, thank you, thank you for letting me borrow your kitchen and for all of your help in assisting me with the canning of the peaches. Part of that canning process is that you have to boil the sliced peaches in this, it was a water, sugar, honey mixture and that creates like the juice or the syrup to help preserve them that you pour into the cans that you pour into the jars on top of the peaches. When we are done, there was still a bunch of that juice sugar mixture left. So I went ahead and canned that and I saved all of the skin peelings, all of the peach skin peelings. And it's been a couple of days, I refrigerated them. And then literally last night I pulled out the peach skins, put them in a pot and I got the jars that had just the juice, popped them open and put them in the pot and I boiled it. And I created a homemade peach syrup. So the next time I have pancakes, I'm super duper excited. I'm gonna have homemade, super delicious, tasty peach syrup. While I was at my sister Michelle's, my dad came over and dropped off 10 pounds of blueberries that I had ordered, which was really nice of him. Oh, and I didn't even mention, while I'm over at my sister Michelle's canning, my mom is over at my sister Dawn's also canning, except they were doing pickles. They were pickling all of her garden's produce. Her garden is way more impressive than mine. (laughs) I got two whole green beans out of my garden so far. (laughs) She was able to pickle a whole bunch of different things. Anyways, back to the blueberry story. My dad dropped off the 10 pounds of blueberries and I said, thank you so much. And then I asked him to package them up for me. So Michelle went and grabbed the box of freezer Ziploc bags and said, here you go. And I said, oh no, don't worry about that. I have these plastic jars that I've been saving. It's all my leftover food containers, like peanut butter jars and whatnot. I said, use these, put the blueberries in that. And my family was so confused on why I wasn't using the Ziploc freezer bags. I said, well, why do I have to use Ziploc freezer bags? These are perfectly fine and I can stack them on top of each other and I don't have to worry about the berries getting all smashed up together because they've got a hard plastic barrier. Those berries survived a two hour car drive home and I was able to get them into the freezer right when I wanted to. I didn't have to lay them all flat to freeze first so I could just stack them straight on top. Worked out really, really well for me anyways. I do want to apologize and I apologize immensely because a few weeks ago I briefly mentioned Plastic Free July and that was about a week late into July. I mentioned to check out the website and that was really all I did about that. After the episode published, I decided I really need to give Plastic Free July a lot more credit. The timing is not ideal since we're already nearing the end of July, but do understand this movement created by Plastic Free July campaign can last one day, one week, the entire month of July, and beyond, as in you can and should make this a permanent lifestyle. Much like it is darn near impossible to obtain the zero part of being zero waste, it is very tricky to be completely plastic free. And I'm telling you this so you don't feel defeated. Think of it like a basketball game. Each time you avoid a disposable single-use plastic item, point for you. And sometimes you're going to tell the server no straw and they give it to you anyways. Point for plastic. But don't give up. Just keep playing the game, and obviously your goal is to stay ahead and feel good about all the little actions that you are doing because they all add up and make a big difference. So let's dive into the movement known as Plastic Free July. First of all, the website is www.plasticfreejuly.org. Plastic Free July is a key initiative of the Plastic Free Foundation 
that allows us to work towards our vision of seeing a world free of plastic waste. From humble beginnings in 2011, the award-winning Plastic Free July campaign is the result of years of hard work. It was started by Rebecca Prince Ruiz, who is the founder of the Plastic Free Foundation, and a small team and local government in Western Australia, and is now one of the most influential environmental campaigns in the world. Millions of people across the globe take part every year, with many committing to reducing plastic pollution far beyond the month of July. After six years, Plastic Free July outgrew its home and set up the Plastic Free Foundation Limited as an independent, not-for-profit charity in 2017 to better support participants and grow the campaign. Plastic Free July is a global movement that helps millions of people be a part of the solution to plastic pollution. That way we can have cleaner streets, oceans, and beautiful communities. Will you? Yes, you listening to the podcast. Will you be a part of the Plastic Free July movement by choosing to refuse single-use plastics? There is a spot on the website, which is plasticfreejuly.org, where you can sign up to take the challenge of a plastic-free July. I encourage you to join the other 326 million participants worldwide in this movement. By the way, let me take this moment to declare that this is not a promotion. This is not a sponsor. I'm not getting any kickback, anything from this. This is just a good movement that a lot of people have worked really hard for. And I am championing it because I really, really admire and respect it and love what it stands for. When you sign up to take the challenge, you'll select how and where you will take part in the Plastic Free July. You can do this at home and out and about, at your workplace as an employee, at your workplace as an employer, anytime you go shopping, whether it's at a cafe or retail space, your school, university, and or community, and or even your council or municipality. Then you will select your level. That includes, this is my first Plastic Free July, or I'm looking for next steps, like finding the trickier items, or I'm ready to spread the word by organizing events and or sharing ideas to help others. Then you will select, during Plastic Free July, I will avoid single-use plastic packaging or target takeaway items, which the top four are bags, bottles, straws, and coffee cups. And the last one is, go completely plastic-free. Very, very challenging. (laughs) And then the last part is, how long will you commit? One day, one week, all of July, or from now on. That's why I'm saying even though I'm a little bit late to promoting Plastic Free July, because it's near the end, you can still do the challenge outside the month of July. You can do it for as long as you want. Obviously, I want you to do it forever, (laughs) but just do what you can with the time that you have. That's fine too. You set your own goals. After you sign up for the challenge, you can explore their website, and they have a really great section called What You Can Do, and they have a lot of topics that you can click on and learn about. That includes your takeaway coffee cups, sanitary items, dental care, balloons and decorations, bathroom items, soap, avoiding disposable products and packaging, bulk food shopping, how to conduct a trash can audit, food storage, beach cleanups, what you can do at school, work, how to engage the community, and so much more. I feel like all these topics I've already covered on this podcast, but they will also have new information, more in-depth information, and a lot of comments and feedback from everybody else who's also participating in Plastic Free July. 
And unfortunately, I don't have 326 million followers, so it will still be a really great resource for you, more so than what I can offer. Although I would love to gain 326 million followers. So feel free to share to everyone you know (laughs) all about this podcast, Starting Sustainability. It's available on all podcast players, every single one of them. And if podcasts aren't your thing, we've got the Starting Sustainability Facebook group. We also have Instagram at starting underscore sustainability. And last but not least, you can also just email me directly. And that is Kaylin, K-A-Y-L-I-N, at startingsustainability.com. Now we're going to get into the other part of this episode, which is an update on my 2021 bucket list, because it's been seven months. So how have I been doing? (laughs) I'm almost afraid to look at this point, but let's pull it up and see. I should have done a halfway through the year update in June because that would have been halfway through the year, but I'm a little bit behind the times. You know this by now. (laughs) All right, so the first one that I have on my 2021 bucket list is to go foraging, which when I initially picked this, my thought was I could take a class, I could also get a book, or I could go to a state park and they might offer a little hike where they would teach me. That was my thought. So far, I have yet to go to a state park. I'm slacking, I know. (laughs) I did get a book from the library. It was not very helpful. It was all words, no pictures, which makes me nervous when I'm trying to pick out the right plant because I want to make sure that it it is the right one. I need a picture of what I'm looking for, not just a description. How do you describe plants? Um, They're green. They're short, tall, medium they're near water or they're not near water. It was not, it was not descriptive enough, but it was otherwise a relatively cool book. It was all about native plants in Indiana and where you could go to find them. And I also did sign up for a webinar for a foraging class. However, when I logged in, it was full. (laughs) So I have not technically accomplished this one yet, but I will continue working towards it. I still have five months. The next one is to find a bulk store to grow grocery shopping in which I haven't even really looked. I looked a long time ago, like a couple years ago when I really started getting into sustainability when I first started this podcast and there really were not any nearby. I need to take a look again, mostly because COVID came and did a lot of damage to the bulk sections of grocery stores, bulk stores, all of that stuff. Although I have heard rumors that there are some up in Indianapolis, which is a long drive away, about 45 minutes. So at some point I will get up there. I still have until the end of the year. After that, I have Embrace Minimalism, which believe it or not, I'm continuously going through my house and finding things to get rid of and donate. <laughs> like I, I told you already that I had a free garage sale where I got rid of seven tubs worth of stuff. However, to this day, when I go through my house, it still looks extremely full and cluttered. <laughs> so it's still a whooping to clean and to keep clean because there's so much stuff everywhere. I need to go like hardcore embracing and really just tear through and just throw in everything into a tub and just only the essentials stay. The absolute essentials must stay. That's it. Everything else must go, which is way easier said than done, which is why I haven't done it yet. Only half done it. I'm working on it. I'm getting there. I just read sustainable board game. Yes, I have created board games in the past. I have not made a sustainable board game. I'm trying to remember what my idea was when I wrote this down. I had an idea in my head, but now I don't know what it was. 
So I'll have to come back to that too. And then I have a relationship builder with my husband. So last year we did living room dance lessons. That was our big relationship builder. Recently, like two weeks ago, we implemented date night. We've always kind of sort of done, not really, we have not really done date nights. We keep talking about doing date nights. I have all these plans for date nights, but they don't happen. Date nights for us end up being maybe once a month. And even then it's more of a date day or a date afternoon. So we have actually established every Thursday night, our kids will stay an extra two hours at the sitters and we will go out and do something. We can go out to eat. We can go play a game of basketball at the park. We can just go for a walk. We can do whatever the heck we want. We can bring a board game with us and hang out at the park. It doesn't matter. But we are starting to implement that, which I am really, really excited about. There are two big ones left (laughs) that I skipped over. I left them for the tail end. Okay, so I will... Which one's less painful to talk about? All right, so the first one is... Baby number three, question mark. The plan was to start trying right now. So that way the baby would come in May. And due to family circumstances, that has been altered. So we're still going to aim for baby number three. I don't want to mislead you, but it's just going to be delayed. Instead of aiming for May, we're now going to have to aim for July, August, somewhere near the end of summer. So hopefully, fingers crossed, I'll be able to make a really fun announcement on this podcast before the end of the year. So stay tuned for that. And the last one is, it's kind of a two-in-one. I had find a sustainable form of employment because when I wrote this back in January, I had been reduced hours, reduced income for almost an entire year at that point. And I was a little bit nervous and I was like, okay, if I do have to change jobs, I want one that's related to being sustainable, some way connected to sustainability, whether it is a full-time job, part-time job, or even just volunteering on a committee somewhere, somehow get more fulfillment in terms of this sustainable lifestyle that I'm trying to live. And that ties in with start a compost program in the city of Franklin, which is where I live. There is not a compost program. And I am currently driving my compost 45 minutes out of town. And this is after I tried really, really hard to find a local compost anything. There was one compost program going and it was shut down because of COVID. I worked with Master Gardeners Clubs. They did not have any compost going. There was nothing in the town of Franklin. I had heard about previous compost programs that had failed. There was nothing currently going on, nothing close by, nothing in the towns around it. That's why I'm going so far away. That is it. I did a lot of research and a lot of work and all of this started last October. So October 2020, I started it on this because I did have some extra time at that point because I was reduced hours. And I put together an entire business for myself where I was going to, I was going to give them a bucket. And then once a week, I would come by and pick up their compost bucket and take it with me. And I was going to be the compost hauler and haul it up to Indianapolis and deposit the compost there. And I was like, that's how I can make up for lost income. I can provide a really nice, much needed service to this community. It was so fantastic. I was working with the Indiana Small Business Association, getting it all laid out, a whole business plan written up, ready to go, getting ready to execute it come January. I was like, yes, I can start this. Let's hit the go button. I had it all sourced, everything, all the details figured out. 
that's when I got the email that I will be returning to work full time, which was great and very much appreciative. But I work full time Monday through Friday, eight to five, and the compost facility was open Monday through Friday, eight to five, making it really tough <laughs> to get there. So now there was, I was like, I can't even do this on a Saturday. I can't just go pick it up Friday night and deliver on a Saturday. And then the compost facility announced, hey, we're going to be open on Saturdays until noon from March until September. And I thought, okay, well, I could still do it. However, I would get business up and running and then in September it would all shut down again. That's not going to work. So I reached out and I found a compost hauler in Indianapolis who was willing to come to Franklin if we had enough people sign up. The city of Franklin is in Johnson County. So I worked with the Johnson County Recycling District and with the wastewater management and with a whole bunch of local government agencies and facilities. And we got it all put together. We had a big gigantic Zoom meeting where the compost hauler was going to talk and spread the word and say how great and wonderful this was and how everybody should sign up on his business. And then the day came and he didn't show up. He did not show up. And I was completely heartbroken and devastated, not to mention embarrassed, completely embarrassed. So that sucks so bad, (laughs) so badly that sucks. Because that was a lot of work. It was so much work, six months worth of work that I put into this. And at the very last phase where we announced to the world, not to the world, where we announced to the entire city of Franklin, come here and sign up, he bailed. And he was the, there was only two compost haulers in Indianapolis. And he was the only one willing to come down to Franklin. The other one won't even do it. So... Yeah, that's my heartbreaking news. I really, really put a lot of effort into accomplishing that bucket list item, and it still has not come to fruition. (sighs) Getting emotional over here. Just angry and devastated at the same time. But anyways, so back to the drawing board, square one on that, how we're going to bring a composting system to my town. I was really hoping it would work out because I really wanted to share that story with all of you. So that way, maybe you would be inspired to start up a composting system in your towns. All I can say so far is how not to do it. So to stay positive, I have come up with items that were not on my original bucket list, but I am really proud of myself. And so I'm going to put them down. I learned canning. (laughs) I learned how to do canning. That's really cool. That's sustainable. And I feel really accomplished. And I wanted to grow a loofah plant, which I have grown a loofah plant. I don't know if I'm going to get any loofahs off of it, but for about six months, it's been surviving, which is a record of any plants that I've ever touched before. (laughs) And I started it from a seed, which I hear is even harder. (laughs) And then the last one, my husband and I have really come together and worked very hard every week. We are really controlling our food waste. Every single week, we plan out the menu of what we're going to have, breakfast, lunch, and dinner. We do the grocery list of exactly the items that we need. So when I say that we plan out the menu, we come up with a list, then we shop in our cupboards, we shop in our deep freeze and our refrigerator, and then last, we go to the store and get the missing items. And it really has not only controlled our food waste, but also our budget. Our grocery budget is 
good. We almost always went over. Every single month we would go over, not by like a couple of bucks, by like a hundred bucks because we would just do all this impulse buy. And then my cupboards were so full because I have a tiny kitchen that I couldn't fit the foods that we needed in there. So this has helped tremendously. This is the part of the minimalism that I have embraced and that my cupboards, they're full at the beginning of the week and at the end of the week, they are pretty bare. <laughs> I mean, no, it's time to go grocery shopping again. But overall, it's been a really great experience. And part of that menu that I had talked about, that weekly menu, every single Thursday is left overnight. We just built in left overnight so we know what needs to get eaten up. It's a really good system that was working very well for us. So hopefully you can incorporate it into your homes and that it's also very beneficial for you and your family as well. And that concludes my 2021 bucket list. So I've accomplished some and I have many more that I need to continue to work on. <laughs> but like I said, I still have time. So check in on yourself. What was on your 2021 bucket list? Hopefully you made one. And if you haven't, you still got like half a year. You could still put one together. You don't have to be as extensive as mine. It could literally have one or two items on it. You set your own goals and then go out and accomplish them. And we're all here cheering you on. We are coming to a close, and it is time for the weekly challenge. This week's challenge is adhere to the 30-minute rule. If your destination is less than a 30-minute walk away and it's safe to do so, walk it or ride your bike. Ooh, that's a great one. I like that. You may not be able to do it every single time, but if you can start incorporating it and doing it most of the time, like I said, if it's safe to do so, if the weather is good, if you have a if you have a safe route to get there, so do you know put all that into consideration. But even just doing it a couple of times would be great. I know I gotta haul my kids with me; <laughs> they're not always down for a bike ride. But even if we just do it a couple times a week, that would be fantastic. We don't always have to pile in the car to go somewhere. So I like that card. That's definitely one that I need to work on. I could do more of that for sure. How are you doing with the weekly challenges? I keep putting them up on the Facebook group, but I only get one or two comments each time. I'd like to see a little bit more comments and feedback. Do you like this? Do you want me to stop doing these weekly challenges? I don't know. <laughs> be blah. B-L-A-H, blah, be loud and heard. Give me feedback, let me know. <laughs> Next week on the show, I have a really special guest named Ellen Strickland. And she comes on and explains how our indoor environment is something we should be focused on. I kept thinking pollution was all outside in the outdoor environment, but really there is a lot of pollution going on indoors. Not to mention, we spend most of our day inside inside our house, our workplace, our car, we're all inside and there are plenty of pollutants going on that we need to take care of. And she explains how we can reduce and minimize the amount of pollution going on in our indoor environments. Be sure to tune in next week to listen to Ellen Strickland. And until then, continue saving the world and I will talk to you then. Bye. Bye. Say goodbye.